Episode 2, School Days. This episode might feature some strong language. Just deal with it. Welcome back to Dramatically Daydreaming, a space to let what you dream about become your everyday. Oh yes, back with episode 2 and a hat Episode 2. Thank you to everyone who listened to last week and to those who shared on social media. When I said do a Facebook post, I didn't really think anyone would actually do it, but gold star to everyone who did, there's two of you. Love you loads. Also, thank you to those who messaged me lovely things. I love and appreciate you all greatly. This new venture means a lot to me, so getting all the support and the love really does matter, and it doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you to everyone who also took the time to check out last week's Into the Spotlight feature, Harnessu Productions. They really are amazing, so deserve all the love and attention too. Well then, back, back, back again, and right into episode two, Soul Days. As I mentioned last week, I'm a proud graduate of RCSSD, and this week I'm going to chat all things souls, my memories, the things I did, the people who I met along the way, and I'm doing this for two reasons. One, the arts in schools are nowhere near as funded, respected, or spoken about as they should be. And two, I like to be reflective and look back on memories as life here a little bloomy and ray. So reminding myself of what I've done clears them clouds for a while. Drama school really allowed me to blossom and discover not only new things about the industry and what I wanted my career to be, but also discover new things about myself that living in a small village couldn't offer. So take my hand as we wander down Adam's memory lane in episode 2, and who knows, he might even feature if you're lucky. As always, this episode has another pretty amazing Into the Spotlight feature, but if I'm being honest, I'll be spotlighting people as I go along, as I think there are a few people that deserve the spotlight when I'm talking about seals. But before we dive right into the meaty part, it's time to check out what happened this week in the scene. This episode doesn't feature a performance. So for episodes where I'm not doing a piece... I want to take a larger portion of time to talk about some shows, events, news, etc. that have happened in the week of the record or are going to happen in the coming weeks. I want to try and aim to cover all aspects, some news from the world of theatre, cabaret, music, live art. I am just one person, so I am going to miss things. I will, of course, pop links and reference points, which is a fancy way of saying hyperlinks and websites, in the description box for this episode, as well on the DDP blog, where you will find episode transcripts, as I know my voice isn't the cleanest, and also access matters. If you listen and have any events you want me to talk about, or know of something I should be talking about, give me a nudge via one of my socials or social info at the social shoutouts at the end of today's episode. It's time for the news. By the time this goes live, this would have already happened. But as of the day I'm writing my script, it is International Women's Day. So, 
Happy International Women's Day to every hit ass queen I know in my life and to every hit house woman out there in the world doing your thing. I love you and I see you. Without getting too sentimental too early on in this episode, I owe a lot of my life's direction to incredible women. So thank you, ladies. But to the news. Here comes my newsreader mode. It was announced this week that a very fabulous actor and comedian is to go by a new name. Please welcome, metaphorically that is, who you imagine, little of me having a yes on this podcast on episode two. She isn't actually here. Please welcome, metaphorically, to the podcast, Susie Eddie Izzard. Susie has said she now goes by Susie and she her pronouns and wants to live out the next 50 years in her girl mode, using the name she's wanted to use since she was the age of 10. She prefers Susie and she her pronouns, but doesn't mind people using Eddie and he pronouns. She's very highly, in my opinion, allowing people to address her in various ways. So happy International Women's Day and a warm welcome to authentic living for Susie Izzard. How fabulous. I think she's amazing and very funny, so it's nice to see her happy. Next, on this week in the scene, a very famous story and historical event is having an anniversary currently. I am, of course, talking about the Titanic. And yes, they both would have fit on that door. I will fight you. Spoiler alert, if you haven't learned about the history or saw the film, I'm talking about Jack and Rose on that door. New rehearsal images have been released ahead of the musical version making its new voyage. On a new tour produced by Daniel Toronto, with association from the Mayflower Theatre Southampton, the show explores life on board for passengers as well as the crew and features music and lyrics by Maury Eston, book written by Peter Stone and directed by Tom Sutherland. A full creative breakdown can be found on the Titanic the Musical website. The cast includes talents such as Bree Smith, Adam Philippe and Joseph Peacock, plus many, many more. The show hits off its journey on the 16th of March in Bromley at the Churchill Theatre and all venue and ticket information can be found once again on their website. So from water to witches, there's some thrill-fying things happening down in Oz as the new cast have taken their first bow at the Apollo Victoria. This new cast looks ace and I really want to return to the Emerald City once more to bath in the brilliance. It was announced that Lucy St. Louis will be playing Linda the Good Witch, with Alexia Hadame as Alphaba. They're joined by Ryan Reed as Fierro, Joe Thompson Abari as Bok, Sophie Louise Dunn as Madame Morrible, and a whole load of amazing talent currently playing, as I said, at the Apollo Victoria London, and soon to be on tour and also in our cinemas in a year's time. A fun little bit of fun facts with Ad. Currently, the role of Elphaba is being played by a woman of colour on Broadway, touring the US and in the West End and the movie. That is not only long overdue, but amazing. As I always say, here and in life, equality and representation matters. And... Side note, before anyone comes for me, I know no, the new production of Titanic is a little on the white side, 
but it rightly has been commented on, and I hope for future versions of that show be it a touch more diversity. Next news, oh, I'm on a roll today. My favourite band and a show that holds very fond memories for me, We Will Rock You, announced that Brenda Edwards will be strutting her way back into the heels of Hillerine when the show returns to London Coliseum this year for a very limited run. She is followed closely by her sharp-suited sidekick Lee Mead as Commander Hoshoi. Brenda, no pun intended, rocks this part, and I really would love to get to see the show. To hear info can be found on their website, and hopefully I'll be able to share more casting news for We Will Rock You in the next episode. And last but not least, some Edinburgh Fringe news. It was announced today that this week, the writer and actor Phoebe Rollerbridge is launching a Fringe Rant scheme. Currently in its pilot phase, the rant hopes to distribute up to £100,000 in the form of 52000 pounds rants. This is going to performers who are attending the famous Fringe Festival this year, running August the 4th to the 28th. The scheme is called Keep It Fringe and can be spent on any aspect of putting up a show at the festival. This has come really because the festival itself has been under fire for no longer being accessible to working class actors and performers and creatives, disabled artists, performers and creatives, anyone less privileged really. The application process for the rank closes on March 24th, so get checking it out and submitting them applications ASAP. And that's it from this week on the scene. That's my news mode over with, and on to that stroll down Adam's memory lane that I promised and then we'll chuck someone into the spotlight. Take my hand, the time has come to wander down memory lane. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, pause this current episode right now and go back to it. Catch us up here. Go on, do it now. We'll be waiting for you right now, right here. But please come back. I'll know if you don't. I see all. Yeah, I know, I'm strange. By now, you'll know that I'm a very proud graduate of RCSSD. But there were some footsteps I had to take before drama schools and wanting to be a professional actor and theatre creative even became a thing. As much as I don't want to, as school at times was really naff for me, let's step back in time to younger me, reaching, as we call it in some parts of the UK, upper school. So that's years nine, right through to sixth form. I know three-tier schools don't really exist anymore, and for anyone listening overseas in the States, etc., I have no idea how your schools work, so you can be as equally confused about our schools as I am about yours. Flashback to overcrowded corridors, rammed full of kids growing up at all different rates, a sea of raging hormones, spotty faces, and moss green school jumpers. Yes, you heard that right. Motorine, I had a rain jumper and rain tie as my school uniform. And this is coming from someone whose favourite colour is rain. It was rose. Anyone listening to this who went to the same school, I know you will read that our uniform was rim. I love that I can't say the letter G and I've just said it several times in several words there. Well done me. In year nine, we had to do all the subjects. So that's maths, English, science, PE, food and design, tech, geography, history, music, drama, Spanish, French, etc. <sighs> then, at the end of the year, you pick what subjects you want to do your GCSE exams in. For mine, I picked triple science. Nerd! 
history, French, drama and English literature. I remember clearly as anything after starting drama in year 9, I instantly found, hey, I think I'm pretty good at this. I'd always been a kid who put on shows in my nan's back bedroom with my sister and young cousins. Shout out to the three J's, Jess, Jen and Josh. I've always had a touch of the dramatic about me, but at school, now looking at plays and devising my own stuff with my classmates, made that tiny dramatic flame into a full-on fire. I did, however, have to have my drama tutor, more on her as we go along shortly, convince my mum and dad that letting me do drama was not only a viable option, but a very, very smart option too. I went on to achieve high grades across both my GCSEs and A-levels, so it turns out she was right, and that was a very humble brag. Now, whilst we're on the subject of that teacher, it's time for a mini Into the Spotlight. I was taught by the incredible Mrs. Hammond. I won't mention too much finer details about this lady, as she's still a teacher, so I've got to respect that and obviously privacy, etc, etc. Mrs. Hammond was loved by nearly every student at my school, trying to avoid a cliché here, but she was kind of the whole teacher that everyone wanted. But that in no way meant you could get away with anything. Drama with her wasn't just an easy ride subject where you could just sit through and sit at the back of the theatre hall in the shadow of the stage lights and do nothing. If you were in her class, you put in the effort. And that got amazing results, and I'm pretty sure across the class I was in, we all achieved pretty high grades in GCSE drama. So during my schooling, I was, I assume, like many queer people listening, terrified of my sexuality. And having not only a safe space in my drama class, but having a safe space with a teacher was in... Oh, wow, I'm so burpy. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to edit that out. I just burped for the edit there. I assume, like many queer people listening, I was terrified of my sexuality, and having not only a safe space in my drama class, but having a safe space with the teacher was invaluable. Having someone I could go to and blurt out all these confusing feelings I had in my head at the time kept me from having a full-on mental crisis, or a yay panic, if you will. And for that, Mrs. Hammond, you are a diamond. Diamond understood that not every kid could afford access to theatre. It's even worse in today's current climate. And from that understanding spawned Soul Trips and the DDT, the Dance and Drama Tours, and I'll get to them in a second. There was numerous chances for us to go and see some pretty varied theatre pieces as Soul Trips. I remember my first ever time at the National Theatre London was on a trip created by Mrs. Hammond to see Every Good Boy Deserves Favour, which is a mind-blowing play, so I'd say look at that up. Then I went back to the National with her to see War Horse, we saw Shakespeare, The Woman in Black, which I will never forgive you for if you are listening. Just a heads up, I slept with every light I could find on for about a month after seeing that show. So thank you very much for traumatising me. We saw Blood Brothers, so many musicals, which I'll get to in a sec, which is the DDT. They were more than so trips. We would sit and talk about what we'd just watched on the coach home, all the buzz with excitement. On the next day in drama class, we were allowed to have five minutes chatting about what we saw at the start of the lesson with Mrs. Hammond. This woman knew how valuable that trip and that chat was. To let young kids experience art 
even if they didn't want to go into anything creative-wise as a career, to have that space to appreciate culture and formulate opinions was gold dust. Now, the dance and drama tours. I know still trips, etc. aren't something Mrs. Hammond exclusively came up with. I'm not that dense, I'm not that dumb. But she just made them different to all the others. The dance and drama tour was a three-day stay in London, which for most of us kids at the time was like Dorothy going to Oz. This big, shiny, exciting place to be dream about. We didn't want it to be our version of Kansas anymore. We had found the Emerald City. The tour gave us the chance to see the city, dinner and a show, which is uh, very metropolitan. We worked with nearly every show we saw, so that shows like Billy Elliot, Chicago, Deeply Blonde. We were Rock You, Les Mis, Wicked, Matilda. It was incredible. A space facilitated by this amazing edgy hair to make us feel grown up. We were treated like adults, not pounded to like little kids. I remember going around Covent Garden for the first time properly in a long time, and I was just like, hang on. This is the kind of life I want. To live this city and do this job is the job I want to do. Imagine what would happen if more kids nowadays were being given experiences like the one we were given. In whatever field they like, not just the arts, the landscape wouldn't look so bleak. Moving away from the big city, but bringing the musical theatre pizzazz back with us, leads me on to talking about soul productions. Now, this is no nativity with tea towels wrapped around our heads. I'm talking full-on staging, painted often by the cast's own fair hands, and constructed by Mr. Hammond. Shout-out to the Hammond tree and all of the shout-outs, and a team of design technology teachers. We did shows like Little Shop of Horrors, We Were Rock Who, that was my sort of stage debut as a bohemian. Justin Trousersnake, here to represent. You're welcome. Uh, Reese, we did Reese, where I, if I say so myself played a very dashing Danny Zuho in my Citroen C3 with a roof car. That is a sight, and I'm not making that up. They literally chopped the roof off a red Citroen C3. If you want to see what that looked like, head to the DDP blog, and I'll put up a picture. We did Beauty and the Beast, and the super well-known Our House the Musical. Yeah, me either. And I love madness music, so it was a hit. Silver Productions really taught us how to work together as a cast and as a production. It allowed students to work in costume, set design, lighting and tech, as well as being performers on stage. There was, on numerous occasions, musical numbers that I know will still haunt Mrs. Hammond to this day. Uh, Human again. I'm just going to let that sink in if you're listening. That song was on the brink of being cut from our production of Beauty and the Beast about ten times. I clearly remember another time when we were doing We Were Rock Who, where the sentence, We are not on a farm. Do that as one long note. You all sound like donkeys. Yeah, she said that. When we were belting out, Just sell it out, just sell it right out of here. That was no exaggeration. That's what we sounded like. And I can't see any more of that, or I'll be hit with a copyright strike. <laughs> but us seeing Bohemian Rhapsody with their here noise was not plenty. And fair to say, she was right. So this little ramble is what I really mean to say. Let kids engage with theatre and the arts. Support your local productions as well as store productions. And never underestimate the power of an amazing teacher. 
they can literally change and save lives, and we should be supporting them all. Now, I know I've only quickly spoken about GCSE education, but I'm going to do a full in-depth episode on my time at drama school, so look out for that one. But if I'm talking about education, I can't miss out drama school, so have a highlight section and I'll deep dive soon. So, drama school. I studied on the BA Ons Theatre Practice Pathway at Central in Swiss College. I was on the Performance Arts Force. Theatre Practice had degree courses such as Design for Stage, Lighting Design, Scenic Construction, Stage Management, Costume Design, Costume Construction, Puppetry, and then my course, Performance Arts, which was kind of the odd one out amongst a bunch. But I had incredible tutors. Shout out to Deanna Damian Martin. Maddie Tribb, Danny Plosier, Eoshua O'Brien, Stephen Farrier, you are legends. My course is now renamed the Experimental Arts and Performance degree and now features under the new umbrella pathway, BA Arms Contemporary Performance Practices. Truly, if you have any interests in making and forging the new style of performance in theatre and live art, this is something you should be checking out. But... Like I keep saying, there is a whole podcast episode worth of stuff I can talk about, and that will be coming very soon. So, wasn't that a nice little stroll and a whirlwind trip through drama and GCSEs? Enough looking back for now, and more looking at the present. And what better way to do that than, you guessed it, my favourite segment, Into the Spotlight. It is time to shine some more light on another amazing creative. This episode focus is not just Mrs Hammond, but Isha O'Brien. Without further ado, it's time to put her into the spotlight. Briefly talking about my time at Central there and my tutors, I want to take this time to go in on Isha O'Brien. She was someone who really helped me hone my practice and became someone I looked up to and enjoyed being taught by. Just like last week's Into the Spotlight, I'm going to rattle off some facts and then speak a bit more personal about this amazing practitioner. Ita is, and here I am again quoting, an actress, movement director and drama school teacher and now most commonly known for her work as intimacy coordinator. Since from about 2014, she's been developing this practice. In 2018, her company, Intimacy on Set, was created, which aims to provide not only coordination services, but to help train others and provide projects with set guidelines. Thanks to this development, she has gone on to provide support on projects from production houses such as the BBC, Warner Bros, Netflix, and HBO as lead intimacy coordinator. In addition to all that, Ita has created training workshops for others to make sure that actors are protected when making work that feature more intimate scenes. Honestly, this is amazing work, and very timely due to the hashtag MeToo movement. The stories that were revealed are pretty horrifying, and thanks to people like Ita, these new coordinators the industry is minimising the risk of these horrific abuses of trust in its vulnerable people ever happening again. Examples of Ita's work include, but are not limited to, shows like I May Destroy You by Michaela Hull, Gentleman Jack, 
sex education, spin rating at the MIGF Theatre, It's a Sin, Gangs of London. There are too many to list, so please go and check them all out. On a more chatty, less facty level, when I first met Ita, it was back in year one at Central. A group of us, all in black movement clothes, the leggings were not flattering, but I'll leave that up to your imaginations, you dirty, dirty people. Where we all learnt about movement direction, laban, five rhythms. Ita, if you are listening to this podcast, I hope you're impressed that I still remember all of this and will be able to do them on the spot. You're welcome. That's how amazing you were. We learned how to apply movement to any creative work we make in the future, which was invaluable for me as an actor and drag artist. I went on to make about three pieces that featured some form of movement and body in a space whilst I was at uni, so it was really, really useful. That's a shout-out to you, Maggie, if you're listening. I still remember our choreography for our dance piece that we did in Swiss Cottage Library, but more on that on the Drama School episode. We were the first class of, and I don't really like saying this, non-classical performers. I think Peter had taught, mainly because half of my class wanted nothing to do with performing and more about making things. So we were a tad on the unruly side. Up to term two, where we had finally got not only mutual respect for each other, us as a class and eater, eater to us, but we had realised how eater works and she had realised how we work and how to best get us to work. She was dancing around to Beyonce's Love on Top on Eater's birthday when she was doing a lecture with us and eating cakes, even doing pranks during her lectures. We once told the fabulous Jenny D from Puppetry, everyone's getting a shout-out today, and yes, it rhymes, uh, that she had to rhyme all lecture, and it took about Eater half the session, so that's about an hour in before she clocked it. It's the simple things that kept us happy. I want to say thank you, Eater, for seeing something in this kid, this person who hadn't done any formal dance training but wanted to move, for seeing something in me and making me think uni won't be as bad as I thought it was going to be. I can do this. For always coming to see our work as a class and just for being an amazing human in the industry who is now making sure that people are safe doing their jobs. That is Incredible. Whew. Two into the spotlights today in one episode. I have spoiled you this episode. So why not spoil me back and leave a like, comment or star rating on the show or use the social shoutouts to get involved with everyone I've mentioned. Another episode is done and dusted and we've just flown through it. Just like last week and probably every episode this season, I can't say thank you enough for being here with me. And let me talk your ear off for about 20 plus minutes. This journey means so much to me. And I am still learning. So I do hope that I get to talk to you all again next week. Before I go, there's just time for the social shout outs. As always, you can find me on Instagram at actor underscore weeks. Or for Habare at Adam and Eve underscore drag. That's N with an N. Twitter, I am at actor underscore weeks. Keeping it nice and simple. And online you can find my full portfolio at adam-reets.com. For all things ETA and intimacy coordination, you can find her on Instagram at ETA O'Brien, that's I-T-A-O-B-R-I-E-N underscore. Twitter at ETA O-B, online at intimacyonset.com. 
I obviously can't do a social shout out for Mrs. Hammond for obvious reasons, but just know if you were to ever meet her, you'd know you have met her. What star? Here are a few bonuses in this week's social shout outs. They go to at Joseph Peacock with an extra hay on the end, weird, because you know he is in Titanic but also family and all that jazz. Next, you can find Susie on her old handle at Eddie Izzard because trans lives matter and you really need to be sort of in that right now. Like, really need to support that. And the course I mentioned can be found on Insta at CSSDCPP. All that's left to say is I've been Adam, you've been you. Thanks for listening. Be safe and lots of love. Bye-bye. Dramatically Daydreaming, the podcast is a movie soon production. All rights reserved. For more information, please visit the ACAST website.